Now, Lunchtime Live looms and Andrea Gilligan is in the chair. Andrea, I suppose you're going to be talking about uh, Love Donegal Day. That's all we're talking about. (laughs) For two hours past. (laughs) Should we talk about it all day, every day? Um, It is Love Donegal Day, yeah. It's a great initiative. I just think, like, fair play to the council for coming up with this and the free publicity they're getting out of it. You couldn't, you couldn't buy it. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, So we're going to talk about Love Donegal and why it's so great. Um, I'll be listing out my top five reasons as to why I think it's the best county in the country I'm sure there'll be plenty who'll disagree with me but we want people's uh, memories things the reasons why they love Donegal so much okay. they can let us know today and um, going veggie you know the UN wants us to to take on a mostly vegetarian diet now um, to try and save the natural world I look I, I just love fish too much there's just not yeah, going to well, happen you can always slap a bit of lettuce on your Chickpeas. hamburger Okay, anyway, love Donegal and the rest of it uh, coming up in uh, just over 15 minutes' time. Now, before we talk gardening, the death of a 26-year-old woman, Breonna Taylor... She was an unarmed black woman shot dead during a police raid on her home in Louisville. It sparked months of protest in the city. Now, following a civil suit brought by her mother, Tamika Palmer, the city's going to pay out a $12 million financial settlement as well as introducing policing reforms. Ben Crump, attorney for the family of Breonna Taylor, says the settlement is the largest amount ever reached for a black woman killed by a police officer in the United States. It had been so long getting to this day where we could assure that Breonna Taylor life wouldn't be swept under the rug like so many other black women in America who have been killed by police, marginalized. So I'm grateful to the actions of the city of Louisville today. And it is not just the historic $12 million settlement, which, as I understand, is the largest amount ever paid out for a black woman in a wrongful death killed by a police in America. And it is certainly one of the largest amounts ever paid out for any person in the way of settlement in a police killing in America. But the comprehensive reform that the Louisville Metro Council and Mayor Fisher put forth is equally important. When my great co-counsels from Kentucky first talked to me about this black woman who had been killed in her own apartment by this no-knock warrant, they were very concerned that nobody cared. And thank God, with what has happened today, it sets a precedence for other black women that their lives won't be marginalized, that they will be valued. However, none of the officers involved in the case has yet been charged, and Brianna's mother said her fight for justice is not over yet. As significant as today is, it's only the beginning of getting full justice for Brianna. We must not lose focus on what the real job is. And with that being said, it's time to move forward with the criminal charges because she deserves that and much more. Her beautiful spirit and personality is working through all of us on the ground. So please continue 
to say her name. Brianna Taylor. And that case hopefully will lead to more reform across the United States. Well, now we want to go out of doors. Uh, Porik Horkin, a horticulturalist, keen gardener and also member of the Horkin Garden Centre family is uh, joining us. Uh, Porik, good morning. Good morning to you, Pat. Now, I have a, a question uh, which relates to something you wanted to talk about anyway. This is from Dave. I want to buy some house plants, but my house is very old. It's really cold and a little, little damp during winter months. Are there any plants that would survive? And you want us all to embrace house plants. Well, this is the time of year, Pat, in September, to bring plants into your home because it gives them a chance to acclimatise to the indoor conditions before we start putting on our central heating and before the light levels start start to go down. And uh, for that particular listener, there are lots of plants that will tolerate shade. So I'm thinking of plants like the castoroid plant. There's a lovely variety called spider's web that has got lovely variegated foliage, but tolerates cold conditions. It's actually a plant that will grow both indoors and out of doors in your garden. So it'll tolerate a cold, dark situation, the castoroid plant. There's um, some really easy plants, plant, Pat, like the ferns that will tolerate a damp, shaded area as well, or spider plants do very well indoors. But it's at this time of year that house plants can be introduced into the home. There's nothing like having something living that you have to care for indoors over the winter period. And there's lots of great choices available at the moment. But this is the time in September. It's also a good time, Pat, for listeners to repot their houseplants. So if you've got some houseplants knocking around the house that need to be moved on into a larger pot, September is a good time to introduce them into a new pot and get them kick-started again. Uh, I would love to buy a tree fern and I've seen many in gardens in Dunleary in Dublin, but I live in Ennison, County Clare and I'm wondering, would I be able to keep it alive in this part of the country and what's the best way to overwinter it? That's from Tracy. Oh. Okay, and they're, they're becoming very popular at the moment. So these are the tree ferns, the Dixonias. They're beautiful. They have that central bark and the crown of fern leaves on top. They need a sheltered, shaded area. So as long as the listener can provide shade and shelter is very important. And also they're very, very slow growing. So Dixonias only grow about an inch or maybe two inches per year. So try and buy as big a plant as that you can afford. So get one that maybe is a meter high of, of stem uh, with, the, with the leaves coming from that point. Plant it in a shaded, sheltered area. Don't feed it for the first year, Pat. Allow it to root itself. And then after its first 12 months in the soil, literally start to feed it after that. The other key tip in the winter, as the leaves start to die back, put on some hessian or some straw on the top of the plant just to protect it because if it gets severe frost the tree ferns can be damaged and hence the importance of having them in a sheltered shaded garden what veg could i plant now either outdoors or in a glass house uh, that i could harvest in winter Okay, and a great place. If you've got a greenhouse or polythene tunnel, there's lots that you can plant at this time of year. And many garden centres will have vegetable plants. So things like pixie cabbage, which is a nice dwarf variety of cabbage. You've got Japanese onion sets. You've got all the garlic bulbs available for planting now. Winter lettuce will be available in plants. If you've got some room, you could actually put in some purple sprouting broccoli, which you'll harvest through Christmas and spring of next year. Spinach can be 
plant it now. Again, the plants are available in, in garden centres. Or indeed, there's lots of veg seed that can be sown at this time of year, like the speedy veg or some of the beetroot. Some of the, the fast maturing beetroot varieties or radish varieties can be planted now. And of course, herbs. It's a great time to plant herbs, particularly if you've got a greenhouse, because you'll have them for use at Christmas. My hydrangea, they're in pots, but they haven't flowered well this year. They're covered in a brown speck on the leaves. What can I do with them? Yeah, that's a little bit of disease, Pat, and lots of hydrangeas are showing that at the moment. It's a brown speckening marking on the leaves of hydrangeas. It's caused by a fungus, particularly after wet weather that we had in August. So there's lots of hydrangeas showing that colour. And hydrangeas have flowered poorly this year simply because of the late frost we had in April. They were smigged with the frost in April and hydrangeas are flowering quite poorly this year. So it's quite common. To be honest, I wouldn't bother spraying. You can use a fungicide to uh, correct that, that brownness, but they will be dropping their leaves in eight to 12 weeks time. So, you know, leave them alone, give them a little bit of liquid feed and really for next year, they'll be perfectly fine. I have red robin and a rhododendron. The leaves have been eaten. Any idea how to treat? Well, there are pests that will attack both rhododendron and camellias and fortinias at this time of year. You see small little marks on the leaf. I wouldn't bother spraying patch unless it's really badly damaged. A small bit of marking here and there in plants is perfectly natural. That's what insects do. They munch on plants. They have to feed on something. Now, if there's a lot of damage, you can use one of the proprietary insecticides. So bug clear is quite effective. It's probably something like vine weevil that causes the kind of a U-shaped marking on the edge of the leaf. But to be honest, a small bit of damage is of little harm to the plant. So unless there's a lot of damage, I would leave the plant alone. Both rhododendrons and fortinias are fast growing and will repair any damage within a couple of weeks anyway. So unless it's bad, leave it alone. Question uh, for someone who has a lawn. I want to know what fertiliser should I use? I want to green it up with all this good weather. And so it's a great time of year. People should be continuing to mow the grass patch at least once a week and also keep an eye out for moss. It's beginning to creep back again after the wet August. So my advice really is to put on an application of zero now to get rid of the any the, the moss beginning to start, but also to feed your lawn with an autumn lawn fertiliser and that will green it without forcing any growth. It'll give it a lovely rich green colour. So put the zero on first and then apply a good autumn lawn fertiliser and the weather at the moment is ideal for both. I have a well-established apple tree that has been blown over during the recent windy weather. It is difficult to get it back upright. What can I do? That's from Pat in Navan. Well, probably with Pat, the tree is so heavy with the branches, it's going to be very difficult to get it back up into situ. Uh, my advice really, and we're coming into the right time of year for this, is to prune out some of the heavier branches, to give it, to take out the weight and the heaviness of the crown of the tree. And that will allow Pat then to be able to, to lift the tree and, and get it back into situ again. And the apple tree will be heavy with get... Yeah, but the, it's still heavy with apples, I would imagine, unless well, he's harvested the apples. The apple, Apple, uh, take the apples off them, but also you can take out some of the branches as well, Pat, just to take the weight out of the tree, because obviously if it's very heavy, it'll be very difficult to get it back up into position, but also the wind might catch it again. So we're coming into a great time of year for pruning back apple trees, and you can certainly take out some of the heavier brows of the tree. It'll over, it'll over, it'll take the height of the tree down and reduce the weight uh, of the tree as well, the bulk of the tree, and that can be done at this time of year. 
Now, next one. My garden, the problem is we're bombarded with rabbits. We have a huge garden, but no matter what we plant, the rabbits eat it. I love plants and flowers, but they never survive from Cork. Right. Yeah, now there are there are a range of plants that actually rabbits dislike. So you have things like euphorbia, the spurge plant. It actually, when you break the stem of the plant, it's got a milky substance. It's in the same family as the poinsettia that we have in our homes at Christmas time. So that's euphorbia. Plants like fritillarias, the, the rabbits dislike as well. Ground-covering geranium. Some of the herbaceous plants the listener should try growing. Things like ladies' mantle. Because even if the rabbits do a small bit of damage in the spring, the plant will regrow again. But look at if it's if there's a lot of rabbits, the best advice is really to net the area. Try to keep them physically out from the garden, if at all possible. And you need to bury the netting at least a foot to 18 inches beneath the soil to keep them out. For trees, if you've got trees in the garden and rabbits and hares are a problem, you can get a, a spiral guard that goes up on the bark of the tree, wraps around the bark of the tree, and that physically keeps the rabbits from getting at the bark and keeps hairs off as well. But, but to be honest, the best way to keep to protect your plants against rabbits is to keep them out of the garden in the first instance. But there are a range of plants that will tolerate some rabbit damage. And a final one, I'm going to reseed my lawn next week, already sprayed off the old grass. It's over a quarter of an acre. What advice would you give to get good establishment of the new grass? What's the best cultivation method? Is it plough, till and sow? Or should I rotivate? What's the best seed to use? And are there slow-growing grass varieties so I'm not cutting huge volumes of grass when established? That's from James in Wexford. And I don't blame James. And there are, when, you, when you're buying grass, it's like buying tea, Pat. It's a blend of different mixtures. My advice is to go for one called green velvet. It's a dwarf species of grass mix. So five or six different varieties that are all creeping or dwarf. It makes it very easy for maintaining and trimming. So that's one called green velvet. September is the time for sowing lawns. We've got exceptional weather for doing it at the moment. Cultivate the soil with rotivator take out any stones or any debris that might be there and firm back the soil. Put in a preceding lawn fertiliser, something like the Osmo Pro 1, rake that in, put on your green velvet lawn seed and sit back. And within two to three weeks, the lawn seed would germinate and you'd have a fabulous, you'd be actually cutting the lawn before we get into the depths of winter. Very good. Porik Horkin, thank you very much for uh, joining us and answering all of those questions.